To Life of Brian, dot, 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 Mannix, that is the podcast that takes us into the wide world, weird, wacky, and wonderful world of Brian Mannix. Let's venture Ooh. in there now. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Open wide, come inside. Uh, oh, well, there could very well have been a bear in there and a chair as well. Uh, could have been all those things. Uh, how is things well, on the on the in the penthouse play school? Well, it's it's been an interesting week, Kev. Uh, I uh, noticed the Chinese spy balloons just floating around surface paradise this week. Uh, <laughs> Have you been shooting taking, them down? <laughs> taking aerial photos of the Hollywood showgirls, <laughs> the pizza and kebab stand, and various tattoo parlours. Um, I had to wait till it floated above the pool to shoot it down because right. I didn't want the you know to fall on anybody and. This afternoon, I'll probably go down the pool and uh, sort through the wreckage for a bit of analysis. Right. Okay. So there you go. Fair enough. Busy week. Busy week uh, for the life of the rock star on the Gold Coast. Ah, oh, these bloody Chinese spy balloons! They're doing my head in, Kev. Uh, <laughs> has uh, anything else exciting me? How's the How's the Queensland band going? Yeah, it's going all right. We um, I don't know when we play next. Um, we just yeah, we we're going to record and we're going to. Uh, but yeah, I think I don't know. We're just getting getting gigs together with that. I've been in Adelaide this week um, playing in the Spiegel tent, which was great. It was full house, and uh, yeah, it was, I don't get to Adelaide very often, so that was great fun. Who'd you do that with? And um, uh, with Dale from Boom Crash and Scott from Kids in the Kitchen. And, How is Dale? Because Dale was Dale was uh, coming back. This is his kind of comeback uh, from uh, from that awful debilitating uh, uh, life-threatening mm. and career-threatening injuries that he had. Yeah, no, he's going all right. Um, and he's, I think he starts up with uh, Boom Crash Shop doing a big tour with them in yeah. J- June. So it's a good way for him to sort of work his way back in with us because he doesn't have to sing the entire set, so, you know, and just get his strength back. And uh, so, but hopefully by June you'll be ready to just do the whole show with yep. Boom Crash. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> now, a reminder about our fabulous uh, podcast partners, Murcott's Driving Excellence. What's that telephone number, Brian? 1300 555 576, Kev. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Murcott's.edu.au. Uh, now, driving is one of those things where it, it's a lot like a lot of things in life where you actually have this false sense of uh, how good you are at something. Hmm. Yes. Yes, that's very true. And I think, um, you know, you, you can, you can, your skills can drop off a bit. Absolutely. As you, as you get older. Yes. And, uh, you know, and, and also, too, the traffic conditions change. You know, there's more cars on the road and, you know, your skills aren't as good as they used to be. And What can you do, Kev? There's only one thing you can do. Well, if you want to know how to be able to drive your car, because that's the other thing too, you're getting cars these days, there's a whole lot of different things about the dynamics of driving a car than there was 20 years ago, maybe when you got your licence or even longer than that ago when you got your licence. So give yourself a refresher course. Give Murcotts a call on that world-famous telephone number. 
1-300-555-576. So even the rock stars know that number. Mercots.edu.au <laughs> is the website. And to get yourself a refresher course, defensive driving, advanced driving courses, they've got them all going on. Uh, give them a buzz and, uh, and get looked after. Now the show this week, Brian. Oh, oh, what a beauty. Mick Peeling and Nick Charles have put together an album. Uh, they've been playing together for a long time now, uh, stars and doing uh, with, with the band stars and uh, also uh, just doing some acoustic stuff and some stuff around the, the traps as a duo. But they put an album together called Songs from This Town. We're going to talk to them about that and about stars who are on mm-hmm. the road again. Uh, and uh, Phil Manning's going to join us. Chain... Wait for this. The 55th anniversary of Chain. Their shows are coming up in a couple of weeks' time and we're going to talk to Phil about uh, those particular shows in this little segment today uh, in this uh, podcast. Then we've got uh, some other stuff to talk to Phil about in the next episode after this one. Right. 55 years of Chain. Wow. It's a pretty good effort, isn't it? That's that's a stunning effort. I mean, 1973, 50 years takes you back uh, to Sunbury and and all those things that they were involved with. But it, it goes five years before that when you know they were built out uh, some great songs. So we'll uh, we'll talk to Phil about uh, his fabulous memories. And we had Matt Taylor, of course, the singer of Chain, on on uh, a previous episode of this podcast, and he is just one of the great characters of Australian music. Yes, he is, and um, still can't get over the fact that he recorded. I remember <laughs> when I was young in a field with cows. Uh, but anyway, it worked go. out fine. As you do, as you yeah. do. Well, let's get into uh, Mick and Nick and talk to them about uh, songs from this town, about stars, about uh, some of the overseas people they played with that weren't so good. Yes. Weren't yeah, so that, memorable. I found that part of the interview very, very interesting. Yes. I thought that was really, really funny. It was and good. also Mick's First meeting with Brian. The first oh, time yes. Mick Peeling met then, you know, big uh, uh, out of control, uncanny X-Men lead singer, Brian Maddox, <laughs> backstage at a gig. Yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> That moment's coming up. Oh, well, I look forward to that again. <laughs> <laughs> Lock yourself in. Here we go. All right. All right, boys, uh, tell us about this uh, this new album of yours, Songs from This Town. How this came about first up and why it came about? Uh, well, Nick and I have been writing songs for the last two Stars albums, so we, we were certainly used to writing songs together and we thought, uh, you know, uh, why don't we have a go at just doing a duo album and sort of um, maybe concentrate a little bit more on the things that we really liked, like um, more country than stars and a bit more bluegrass, you know. Yep. So we figured, yeah, let's let's have a go. And uh, we sat down and started writing songs and uh, over a period of um, what? The, the pandemic, basically. Yeah, started there <laughs> during the pandemic and yeah. uh, up, up till now, you know. So where did you record the album? A place called Toyland in uh, in Northcote. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. Adam so Colossus. Runs a okay. Did you do any of it at home and then take it in with the threads or did you just went and recorded the whole lot there? We did it, did it all there, basically. We did a few demos. And yeah. I'm not very uh, – I'm a bit of a Luddite. I start pressing buttons, everything goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so how's the process work? The way you two write together is kind of interesting too. Yeah, it kind of varies a bit, but mainly it's just – it's basically just sending stuff to each other the germ of an idea will start from one of us and, uh, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll just add to it and get back when we think we've got enough 
and uh, get get together and, and try to finish it off, you know. Seems to work well that way. You don't have a critic sort of looking over your shoulder as you're trying out new stuff, then you can, uh, you know, put it together at the Sorry, end. Sorry, Mick, are you suggesting that uh, Nick's a bit of a critic as he is? He have a bit of a crack to I'm, I'm suggesting he is, and uh, he, he could probably do the same about me, you know. I was watching the video of the, um, the two of you playing just you out in the bush somewhere. I don't know where you are, but... Um, the, the songs work really well, which is the, the two guitars and the two voices and that, um, although I did notice halfway through a whole lot of birds started singing <laughs> and I thought to myself, fuck, have I got a bird in my house? And, <laughs> so, uh, and then I watched the other one and you're about to start and then the truck goes by or the plane goes by. Yeah. Hang on a minute, hang on. It was very <laughs> funny. But but the songs are really good and they, they work just simply work, you know, they're not like, oh, shit, we need a string section and um, some tubular bells in this. The songs just work as they are, you know, really simply, which is a really sign of a good songwriting, I, I, I believe. Oh, yeah, you know, um, they, they, they're written on acoustic guitars and when we're playing in a duo, it's acoustic, so they've, they've kind of arrived that way and that's why they sound like they belong that way. We've added very little to them when we've recorded them, you know, some fiddle sometimes, a bit of bass. But, they're, you know, they could be uh, almost like field recordings, like you're hearing out there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was just, I was just going to add to that that a lot of things that we listen to as well uh, are that way, you know, like uh, uh, just off the top of my head, say, a, a new guy from Nashville called Billy Strings. I mean, he... Um, Works in a bluegrass style with, where there's really no no percussion. It, it's all um, in in the playing, the percussion on the guitars. There's no drums or as such. Might be a bit of bass, but 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 no drums. And that's that's kind of what we were looking at at the start of this album. What's your uh, history, Nick? Where how did you get into it? And you know what what's your story? I guess is the is the question. Yeah. Well. Um Interesting question. Long story. <laughs> yeah, we've got plenty of time. That's right. Uh, look, I've um, been playing acoustic in the, in the kind of folk world for oh, such a long time. Um, I started in the folk clubs in the 70s. In the uh, 80s, I just played in survival bands, cover bands and anything. I could. A lot of country music, did a lot of travelling and pick up country bands, no-name bands. Then uh, in the... Late 80s and 90s, I played with a guy called Alex Burns for about 10 years and we were a blues duo with a piano player sometimes and a double bass and we did a lot of touring. We made three albums. We even toured the UK and blah, blah, blah. And um, then I've been solo, solo performer really for about um, over 25, 30 years now, acoustic roots and blues. And along the way, um, bumped in the mic. And uh, well, you know, I used to play that electric guitar back in the old days, and I bumped in the mic again, and I, I hooked up with Stars, and I'm, I'm kind of the acoustic guy in Stars, and the occasional electric guy, other than Mal. Is is Alex Burns the guy from the Orphans? That's him. Yeah. Oh right. Pop, skip, jump. Yeah. Pop, skip, and jump. Yeah. I know. Pop, Alex skip, is a great bloke. Yeah, that's right. Pop, yeah. skip, oh, jump. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Remember yeah, that early eighty eighty two or eighty three? I reckon it was. Yeah. I it was around right. about then, yeah, because we didn't talk for that period. Because <laughs> <laughs> Alex, Alex was a long-time singer with the Grand Wazoo band, wasn't That's he? Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's in, he yeah. was always into the soul stuff, you know. Yeah. Terrific um, singer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mick, I was listening to um, some of the Stars records and I've forgotten how great your songs are. Um, firstly, 
I, what what struck me about it is I'm thinking, why wasn't this a freaking hit in America? Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many of your songs that just lend itself to, you know, what Eagles and, you know, Leonard Skinner and all them were doing. Mm. And um, I just I just wondered, you know, like, A, who produced it? And did you ever get a release in America? Probably with Mushroom it's pre- pretty difficult, but... We, we never got around to doing that, um, uh, particularly with, with Mushroom, I guess. Um, it was before um, Men at Work took off in, in the States and uh, it was sort of a... I think Little River Band probably just just made headway around that time, but it was still too early for Australian bands to sort of be making a, a lot of headway in the states. So we missed out there. And I, I always thought, you know, you, you sort of look back on it, and I think Stars were a band, a, a bit of a band out of time. We, we weren't fashionable at all. The style of music that we were playing was possibly a bit ahead of its time. I mean, you look at uh, you look at the Americana thing these days, and it's um, you know, it's massive. I think if we were probably around these days releasing those albums, maybe it would have been more successful, you know. Yeah, well, you know, you better look after yourself, I think, should have been a, a worldwide yeah. smash. Yeah. It stands um, up. You know, it's, oh, it's, and, and who produced it? Because, as, as I said, you know, the records, the songs just stand up today. It's You know, it could have been recorded yesterday. It doesn't sound, the yeah. production doesn't sound dated at all. So the, so, the song you're, you're talking about, that was... Um, uh, Rick Famosa uh, from the oh, yeah. band, yeah, the lead guitarist, because it was B. Bertels who who introduced us to Michael Gilinski from LR, oh. and he, he got the ball rolling. So uh, uh, Rick got on board as well as as a producer. Yeah, so um, our connection with Little River Band was pretty strong, you know. Well, he did a great job on it, and you know it's, it's beautifully played and beautifully sung, and just the strength of the songs is. You know, yeah. something that, that I'd forgotten. You know, Last of the Riverboats is a great song and Mighty Rock's a great song. And, yeah. you know, you really covered all the bases there. And it just it just seems to me when I was listening to Donald this should have been a worldwide hit for sure. <laughs> you know, there's about five of them that should have been worldwide hits. And, I, I, you know, a lot of people feel that way, Brian, you know, but um, what can you do? I mean, it is what it is. We're, we're, um, we're actually going out on tour with Stars later on this month. Uh-huh. We're doing some shows in Adelaide. This is um, uh, with with Nick, of course, yeah. and uh, Malistic is there, and, and Roger McLaughlin. That these are original players, and um, we're using Ed Bates on pedal steel, and uh, a guy called Eric Chess on drums. It's it's a good lineup, a six piece lineup of stars, you know. So, so Nick, you sort of do the Andy Durant parts. Is that is it because you're a similar guitar sort of player? That's right. Yeah, it was a finger picker. Yeah. And- so I got that code. Yeah. Um, that's that's pretty much why I asked him to get involved because because his playing reminded me a lot of Andy's. You know, how old was Andy when he got crook? Uh, well, he he passed away at twenty six. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, Amazingly, yeah. it's it's criminal, isn't it? No. Yeah, it's it's not fair. Absolutely mm. not. Now you've yeah. you've done a couple of, of recent Stars albums, haven't you? Because I was listening to it. There's a song on is the Boundary Rider LP. There's a song called "Time Stands Still." That's right. What a good song! Oh, cheers, man. Yeah, that was the first song Nick and I wrote together. Oh, that's a yeah. bloody ripper. <laughs> it is. It's a, well, you know, we're really proud of that one. And there's another one that we thought, oh, that's going to do pretty well. But uh, you know, <laughs> the only people that really played that was the ABC for a while. It's, it's a nice narrative about the whole star story, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I look back on those days, a smile on my face, a calm before the storm. Sailing our way over friendly seas, and some muses call. But we were wrecked in the wake of a mighty rock, and a life taken down so young. But when I hear those songs again, time stands still. Chasing that dream, a ray of hope, and listen to the words we sang. There were river boats and beavers, and songs for the road. But when I hear them all again, time stands still. Time stands still like a frozen moment. Time stands still with an aching heart. The longer we live, the longer we stood apart. These days, this this sort of older adult music, if you like, there's not that many places that you hear on the radio other than public radio. And you know, there's you know the Triple J will play a certain age group, and then Top Forty Radio. Well, I don't know what's going on there at all. It's another planet, you know. Yeah, they're still playing "We're on a Road to Nowhere" in Blue Sky Mine <laughs> from 40 years ago. Well, if only had written one of those, I'd be, you know. <laughs> You slide well, with you. Uh, <laughs> well, if I mean, you'd written where on a road to nowhere, I wouldn't like you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, coming out of South Australia, you would have been, uh, SAFM would have been all over you blokes, 5AA, every radio station Adelaide would have been playing, uh, you know, Quick on the Draw and Mighty Rock and all that stuff when you first started, Me? Not when we first started, funnily enough. Really? It, no. Um, it, it took uh, uh, us to take off in, in the eastern states before before Adelaide play, uh, you know, I don't know whether it's, um, I don't know, the, the, the colloquial thing or whatever, but, uh, yeah, they just didn't uh, didn't really give us the time of day. But um, You moved to Melbourne, eh, didn't you? Yeah, we, we moved to Melbourne. Ah. Maybe they were getting us back or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> ah, you defected. You were... Revenge, yeah. Yes. Because yeah. I, was, I was at 4IP in Brisbane when uh, Quick on the Draw Mighty Rock and that came out and, uh, mm. and we flogged them. Yeah. Oh, at, at one time, we were all over the radio. Oh, it God was yeah. a fantastic thing. Yeah. I mean, we were, um, you know, headlining a lot of uh, a, a lot of concerts and uh, uh, doing a lot of concerts. We, we were doing, you know, six, seven gigs a week, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going, I went to New Zealand and saw you guys. You, you supported the Beach Boys in New Zealand. I saw you in Auckland. That's right. Yeah. They were bloody was- terrible. You were great. They were bloody terrible. <laughs> we got, yeah, we, we, we really, uh, 
We really thank the Beach Boys for that tour because we got a lot of great press. <laughs> uh, Brian was pretty pretty under the weather during that one. I remember flying on a plane between Auckland and, and Christchurch and they were all sitting in different parts of the plane. They didn't talk to each other. They... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They all stayed in different hotels and I don't know whether you noticed but each of the main Beach Boys had their own keyboard player on stage. Oh, I didn't it pick was just that up. A bizarre thing. Why would you have your own keyboard player? <laughs> I have no idea, but but that was it. And I remember the show you saw in New Zealand. Uh, Brian started off um, playing piano. He was he was behind the grand piano. Yeah, he did. But apparently, he was just putting his, his hands anywhere on the keys. It didn't matter what the song was. It was just <laughs> plinking and plonking away. Then the next gig, which I don't know, <laughs> might have been uh, might have been Sydney or something like that. He was playing a bass, but it wasn't plugged in. (laughs) (laughs) They just had him on stage just sort of plucking away at the bass, which wasn't plugged in. Can you imagine trying to reproduce those records on stage? Oh, no, that's the, yeah. You couldn't do God Only Knows or any of that stuff, yeah. You know, good vibrations. I I, I saw them do it on Ed Sullivan's show one night, good Mm. vibrations. It was kind of all right. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the harmonies are all over the place. And, Mm. you know, you would have to rehearse for 12 months to do a Beach Boys song, you know. I saw Brian Wilson um, play bass with Millie Vanilli and uh, (laughs) that that was good. Yeah. (laughs) It is a great rock band. (laughs) Actually, uh, Star's got a lot of good press uh, touring with some international bands. We we did a tour with uh, ELO uh, back in the 70s and uh, uh, they came came on with a a sort of a cut-down band. There was only about, about six of them or something like that and one guy... Oh, there was one guy playing cello and one guy playing violin or something like that. There was this huge orchestra coming out. So they were, <laughs> they were uh, obviously uh, using backing tapes, which was unheard of back then. Yeah. And, and uh, they got really bad press about that. But these days, you know, it's, it's the dumb thing. But, but yeah. back then it was ridiculed, you know. Someone was telling us, Kev, that they went to that concert, Molly went to that concert and just absolutely cracked the shits because – the sound was not what he wanted. There wasn't enough orchestra and there was tapes and he just was furious about the whole thing. <laughs> he climbed up the up the to, to the sound engineer and tried to ask him, where's the strings? Why aren't there any strings or something? Someone told me. I remember seeing ELO in Brisbane and they were, they were bloody awful because, it, yeah, it was just, it was very much a... Um, a chalk outline of what the uh, what the body should have looked like. <laughs> well, you know, you know why they were awful, Kev? Because Molly snuck on stage and then dropped his daps and <laughs> Jeff Lynn lost his place in the song. <laughs> so songs uh, from this town. I want to ask you, there's a, there's a, I think the single is called Hiding in Plain Sight. Well, tell us about that song. Well, oh, gosh, that, that's actually the last song that we wrote for the album uh, and it came together one of those ones that just came together straight away. I think I started the germ of the idea and then we bounced around the uh, the phrases and things in it. The metaphor's been around in my head for a long time. I always thought this would be a good song one day when I put some words to that title. <laughs> uh, of course, you hear it everywhere hiding it. As soon as you, you think, oh, I've got this song with this title, then you, see, you start to see hiding in plain sight everywhere you look, <laughs> you know. it's It came out really well. Mick, it's a great vocal Mick does on it. You know, well done. Yeah, oh, thanks, man. Uh, your um, your voice is extraordinary. And I I did see was it in that doco or somewhere else where you were talking about Roger actually. Roger McLaughlin noticed that your voice had changed a little 
Mm. But you still, you can still sing the shit out of anything. You do? Do you do anything special yeah. to look after it, or is it just always been? No, not a thing. I, I gave up. You know, I gave up drinking and smoking a long time ago. But uh, when it was fifteen or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Look, at, uh, look at this. <laughs> Good on you, mate. <laughs> very, very Queensland. You know, you know, Brian. <laughs> yes. Is that was that a can of beer? Mm-hmm. What time is it there in uh, Queensland? Ah, uh, just after eleven. Oh, that's all right then. <laughs> beer o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, when uh, when Kevin suggested this idea of us uh, getting together, I um, I remembered straight away when we first met, Brian. Uh oh. Oh, where was that? <laughs> Uh, it was, um, I don't know, it, it, uh, Uncanny X-Men were massive at the time and the band I was in at the time, I, I think it might have been The Ordeals or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we were on before you and I hadn't met you at this stage and we'd finished our set and uh, I saw you standing side stage wait, waiting to go on. Uh, so I thought I'd go up and have a word, you know, say hello, introduce myself. So I went up and said, how you going, Brian? My name's Mick, you know, I was in the band before you. And uh, you turned to me, said, here, hold this. You can. Oh. <laughs> Empty can of beer and you went on stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think I think you said before that, you know, Brian's get under the weather when you were talking about the Beach Boys. I think it's just true of all Brian's. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably Wednesday night at the Matthew Flinders, was it, or something like that? No, no probably. it was... It was some enormous dome out in the country or something. Oh, okay. But, you know, oh. I, I have spoken to you a few times since then, Brian. You're not yeah, a Yeah, yeah. Oh, occasionally I'm all right. Occasionally. <laughs> There's a world out there making wrong turns Just trying to feel a way through the dark Then one day you wake up turn on the light you Find everything's been hiding in plain sight Most problem has an easy answer And wiser men say fools are easily led From one fool to another We need to make things right You see everything's been hiding in plain sight out the door and another plain and simple evermore round every corner is a lesson to be learned and the way life evens out the score there comes to one chance for absolution. So the stars uh, yeah. gigs when uh, when when's that happening and what what would you be doing? Would you be doing like the the, the later albums and the and the hit stuff as well? 
Yeah, a bit, bit of a mix of both. You know, obviously um, people who come and see us uh, want to hear those uh, those songs, Look After Yourself and Mighty Rock and the rest. Yeah. We probably draw the line at uh, quick on the draw. But, uh, Fair enough. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so bloody hard to play that song. Was no, quick on the draw the one where you had, you dressed you all dressed up in the cowboy outfits? Was that was that's that, the one? That no, was the first, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff Skews, Jeff Skews, the idea, wasn't it? Uh, exactly right, Brian. He said, yeah. "Right, boys, we're heading to the eastern states. You got to have a gimmick." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so along came the cowboy outfits, but it didn't it didn't last long. Uh, no. Particularly seeing our first gig was at. Um, at the station hotel where you got people like uh, the dingoes playing and uh, yeah. here's us in our cute little cowboy outfits and, <laughs> and chain and the dingoes and country radio and all the rest, you know. Gosh. So we quickly changed tact. <laughs> Jesus, that's a, uh, that's a, if that was a lineup at any stage, what a lineup that would be. Country Absolutely, radio, chain, yeah. dingoes and, and stars. My God. That was, you know, seven nights a week in those days you'd see all those bands. Yeah. For, you know, for, mm. for about 50 cents, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, could and go probably, and, um, yeah. You, you could go and work six nights a week before you even had a record deal oh, um, in them days. It was just great. And consequently, the bands played so regularly together that cheesable bands got tight and oh, really yeah. played really well, much better than um, overseas bands as witnessed by the Beach Boys. But... Um, because they don't, just didn't play as much as Australian bands did. We just worked exactly out quick right. yeah. off, off and got really, really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was great when you could work six or seven gigs a week. You know, you go to Adelaide, you stop at Lady Bay in Warrnambool, and then you do Panthers on a Thursday, the Finden on Sunday and whatever. But you just work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come back and away you go again next week. Mm. Yeah, that were good days. Yeah. Yeah. So how did we do it? We must have got tired. Well, I think it was, there was a little bit of help along the way, especially when, <laughs> especially when you you finished at two in the morning in Sydney and you got to be in Brisbane the next day. It's like, oh, <laughs> we're driving all night, boys. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Everyone was handsomely paid too. Oh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I could never understand why the manager made five times as much as the actual artist did. It's just ridiculous to me. It still does. <laughs> you know, I'm tipping Jeff Skews made more money out of it than you did, Mick. Uh, you're probably right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I do remember driving his um, – he flew from Adelaide to Melbourne once and he asked um, myself and Graham Thompson – to drive his little sports car over from Adelaide to <laughs> Melbourne, which was which was fine. But just before we got to Melbourne, we ran over this rock that was in the middle of the road and tore out the bottom of his sports car. <laughs> but he did have a sports car, and we, we had nothing. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah my, my manager had a Jaguar with a phone in it, which was Lovely. very, very rare, and um, I had a beat-up Toyota Corona, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same for all bands, I guess. <laughs> Surely that wasn't during the X-Men. Uh, no, well, when the X-Men started, yeah, that was my vehicle of choice. But, no, the X-Men, we ended up indulging ourselves in hiring BMWs and doing all sorts of crazy shit with our money. But Love anyway. Mick, you do other stuff too, like Raw Brit, that show that you do that. Are you still continuing that? 
Yeah, yeah, we, we've got a show in in March at the Mimo in St Kilda. Oh, nice. Um, Good venue. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we can really only do a couple of shows a week because uh, – a week, <laughs> a year. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, the guys in that band, uh, you know, they, they work in Baby Animals and Mark Seymour's band and Boom Crash Opera and et cetera, et cetera, and – uh, they're always on the road, so it's very hard for Rob Ritt to do gigs, but when we do, it's always a lot of fun. Yeah. That's no, sounding great on this album, and, uh, yeah, just sounding sounding good, boys. Uh, congratulations on the album. Thanks so much for having a chat to us. Really appreciate oh, it. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good on you, guys. That's a great album, and uh, hope it does very well for you. Thanks, Thank you. man. Got worries, that's nothing new. The world won't change around to suit you. You better look after yourself, cause nothing stays the same. If you can't run with the tide. You've got yourself to blame You think you're moving mountains With your love so true But tell me what happens When the mountains move you You better look after yourself Nothing stays the same If you can't run with the tide You've got yourself to blame All the time All the times that you said That you knew what you were doing You didn't quite mean it The way I thought you did No I can see behind your words that you had a plan of action That wasn't quite the same as what you said Yeah, there's new horizons that you've never seen You're just a prisoner of your foolish dream Cause nothing stays the same If you can't run with the tide You've got yourself to blame
As you quite rightly point out, Brian, that is a world-class song and should have been a hit everywhere in the world. That is such a good song, Look After Yourself. Yeah, I reckon it would have, you know, with all those bands like the Eagles and, um, you know, Fleetwood Mac, that would have fit in perfectly with all of them bands. And, um, yeah, should have been a worldwide hit. It's a great song. Yeah, it's a really good song. Well done to Mick. And uh, and Nick, thanks uh, for their time. And, of course, uh, their album, Songs from This Town. Uh, Just check out Mick's uh, Facebook uh, page. All to be able to see where they're playing and uh, all the details of where you can catch them. Right, let's get into, as we mentioned at the top of the show, the 55th year. Uh, since uh, Chain formed, they're celebrating their 55th anniversary. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, and the man, of course, has been such an instrumental part of it, uh, or a guitar part of it, uh, is Phil Manning. Good bloke. And we, uh, we're we going to delve into a bit more with Phil uh, in the next episode of, uh, of Life of Brian where we talked to him about his artwork and about a, a couple of uh, CDs he's done out of my shed, which he recorded, obviously, in his shed, and the Desk Tape series with the Phil Manning Band Live. We'll talk to him about that in the next step. But this one's all about Chain. You ready, Brian? Yeah, well, I'm doing my new album. It's called Out of My Dunny. But um, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about that next week. It's nice so. to see you out of your dunny. <laughs> Chain's 55th anniversary. That's only a month away. You're jumping in on the road with the with the boys again? Yeah, I know. We've uh, we're just doing three shows around Melbourne on the uh, the 10th of March. We're at the Memo Music Hall down in St Kilda. Uh, on the 11th of March, we're down at Archie's Creek, which is the new caravan club. Yep. Uh, at Archie's Creek, down towards Phillip Island, that area. And then on the Monday afternoon, we've got Way Out West at the Newport Bowls Club, and that's a great, really great roots venue. That's it's a ripper, that one. I thought you were doing the Byron Blues Fest and a couple of Blues Fests as well. Is that right? Yeah, that's the next month. Yeah, the week after we do Chain in Melbourne, I've, I'm going across to Tasmania for the fourth Blues Festival, and then there's a couple of weeks gap or so and then on the what I've just checked the dates on the 7th and 8th of April, Chain are doing Blues Fest at Byron Bay. And then on the 9th of April, we're doing Blues Fest in Melbourne. So, oh, uh, wow. we've got That'll three shows. It's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of people over the years always said, you know, why can't we have something like Blues Fest in our state? You know, because uh, it, it's a fabulous festival. And um, we're really thrilled to be doing it again ourselves. So, you know, we'll, we'll – a bit of travelling, a bit of kicking around to, to do Friday and Saturday at Byron and then Sunday at Melbourne. But uh, we'll be there. Be like you're 20, 20, year, 20 years old again. Oh, yeah, if only. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you going to – I mean, what's the set going to consist of? <laughs> You won't believe it. I've actually got I've got two set lists here. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, God. Look, there's so many things that we do. You know, we always do a lot of material off toward the blues, 
things like the boogie, yeah. uh, thirty-two twenty. You know, we we have to do black and blue, or we we we'll get killed. <laughs> yeah. uh, judgment, single judgment. We yeah. always that that'll always be there, and of course. Uh, we occasionally remember when we were young. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was young, uh, which was actually, that was actually a single for Matt Taylor, a solo single actually, but Chain played on it. It was actually a Chain record, but it went out as a Matt Taylor uh, single. Uh, so we always have to play that one. And then we've got um, the material off, off say, uh, uh, the most recent album, Sweet Honey, now uh, we always do a couple off that. We we always do a couple of dedications to the great old blues guys like Muddy Waters and people. There's always um, that, so it's it's a real mixture of uh, material. Do you have a problem? We we were talking to Steve Kilby from the Church. Now Steve's made fifty albums, and we were talking to him about his set list, and he said for every fifty songs that he's written. One gets in the set, so it's really difficult for you to put together a set list. Do you have that kind of problem too? It's like, ah, shit, we should play that, but we're not going to be able to have time for that and that. Is it? Is that, does that become an issue when you're putting the set list together? Oh yeah, the the the, the problem is not what we put in the lists. The problem is what we leave out. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that that's a real issue. You know, look, even when we do uh, when we do shows like the shows we do in Melbourne, you know, most bands nowadays, they, they'll go on and do a, an hour and a quarter, hour and a half set, and we just can't do that. So we've taken to doing a couple of sets and having a break in the middle. Uh, otherwise, we have to leave too much material out. And then on top of that, Chain's never been uh, a strict arrangement band. We have We have very strict arrangements in parts of the songs, but there's also parts of the songs that are open to you know, a certain amount of jamming, interpretation, you know, longer solos or shorter solos, depending on what we require. So we never have problem filling in the time that we we allotted to play. The problem, as I said, is what the heck do we leave out? So, Phil, with that in mind, is there, let's say, Black and Blue, or I remember <laughs> when I was young, or the, the songs that people know, what's the longest version of one of those you've done and, and, and then there's kind of like the three-minute version that you hear on the radio? What's the longest version of one of those you've done? Probably when we've been at the, right at the end of a tour and we're, at the, and we're all sort of lost our minds. Yeah. Um, we've done some awfully long versions of Remember When I Was Young and included reggae versions and, and heavy metal versions, right. punk versions, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which has been pretty silly. But probably one of the, the longest ones that we've we're, we're, we're quite quite known for doing uh, anywhere between nine and 12-minute versions of the boogie. Oh, right. And uh, that, that's been quite common. And it, it's still the case. That can still happen because the boogie has a, a long introduction and then there's a lot of verses in it. There's a very long guitar solo, which goes through a whole bunch of different phases. Because uh, um, a lot of these arrangements uh, happened back in the seventies. You know, not. I mean, they've changed since then. But we got into this sort of habit of uh, on on the way to a gig of talking about things and saying, "Look, 
why don't we, uh, <laughs> in the middle of guitar solo, why don't we go into this different feel for a while? And um, and that sort of developed, uh, and so the, the 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 arrangements became little sort of mini operas in a way, <laughs> if you could call it operas. But um, yeah, so so that they're, they're the they're the ones that come to mind anyway. Those two. Remember when I was young and the boogie? Yeah, there's been some awfully long versions of those over the years. just sort of popped in in the middle of this uh, fabulous uh, chain song just to say thank you for listening thank you to Phil for his time thank you to Mick Peeling and to Nick Charles and that is this edition of The Life of Brian hope you've enjoyed it Kev grab the tambourine and start playing oh no well I've got no musical I haven't got one musical bone in my body Brian you do it Oh, anyway, give me the tambourine. Here you go. take that and, and I mean, tell everyone the Murcotts number and then we can go. Well, the Murcotts number would be 1300 576. Give them a call and get yourself driving as good as you can. All right, play that tambourine. Here we go. Let's get in the groove then. And we'll see you next time on Life of Brian. All right, All right I'll be there. Well, I remember when I was young, the Beatles turned me on, they really blew Every day.